1: That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com.
0: What is going on, everybody? And welcome back to a new season of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host. They're letting me host. Uh, sponsored by Prize Picks. Um, we'll get to that read later. Uh, Joining me today was the prince that was promised, Lord Michael of House Clifford. How are we doing today, Cliffy?
1: Not too bad. Um, Maybe Lord of the Tides, maybe some good tides uh, for the NHL season and hopefully better than some of the Valerians have been making out on House of the Dragon so far. Um, Not here to talk about HBO, here to talk about NHL. Excited for a new season. Um, You and I were talking just before the show, it doesn't... It's been over six months since you and I have done a show together. It doesn't feel like that long, but uh, maybe it was just a quick summer or something like that. But it, it's always good to be back talking hockey, and I'm pretty excited for the season.
0: Yeah, I am really excited for hockey to be back. Uh, I ran out of things to do. Like, we ran out of good movies to watch over the summer. It was just, you know, it got pretty uh, stale there. I'm glad we are back. Yeah. Um, yeah, so with the new season, we have new faces in new places. Um, it's a two-game slate, so we got a little bit of leeway to talk about some stuff here. Um, you expecting anything? You know, we had the the Avalanche beat the Lightning. I know the the Lightning play tonight in the Stanley Cup, and then um, they kind of brought back the same team. There's some a lot of teams made some big offseason moves. Anything sticking out on the page for you? Related to DFS wise.
1: Yeah. I I think one of the things I'm going to look for just from a macro point of view is goal scoring in the NHL because, um, last year was obviously a very high scoring season. Um, it was the highest scoring season, I believe in like 20 some years. Um, but it was kind of a, a tale of two seasons. Uh, if you look at the first half of the season, I'd say the first 30 games up until Christmas, um, goal scoring was basically right in line with the year before and just uh, a little bit below the year before that. Uh, It was just the second half of the season after Christmas, maybe the final 50-ish games for most teams, where the goal scoring exploded. So, uh, you know, obviously last year was a weird year. A lot of COVID pauses and and, and stuff like that. Um, Plenty of injuries, uh, guys missing games. So I'm wondering, you know, does the high goal scoring keep up? Uh, that we saw from January on, or is it going to be more the first half of the season? Um, You know, things like uh, power play percentages and and shot rates. Like, are they going to be consistent to what what we saw at the end of the season? That's kind of the big thing I'm looking for. Also, I want to see who's going to be kind of the next big team to break out, right? Because, you know, we've been waiting for Colorado to kind of take that next step that Tampa Bay took a few years ago, right? And became one of the dominant teams in the NHL. Uh, before that, yet the Penguins. Before that, yet uh, Chicago and Los Angeles. So, you know who's going to be that next team that kind of steps up to dominate? I think you and I are kind of hoping it's one of the teams that we'll talk about today uh, in the late slate uh, in the late game here. Um, but you know, does uh, Los Angeles? Does Los Angeles take another step? Um, does Edmonton? You know, Edmonton certainly looks deeper at least up front than they have at, you know at any time in the last. 15 or so years, um, can they kind of solidify themselves as the next pseudo dynasty or, 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 you know, something along those lines, does Carolina, you know, finally break through, um, after being a dominant, uh, fairly dominant regular season team for a few years now. Um, you know, those are all top end teams and it's kind of like, which one is going to take the next step and just really assert themselves as, you know, the contender to the uh, Colorado or a Tampa Bay or what have you. Um, we'd like to say it's going to be the Toronto Maple Leafs (laughs) got to see them get past the first round. I don't know what else to say at this point. Uh, You really uh, need them uh, to kind of take that next step in the playoffs before uh, you crown them uh, as, as anything, but uh, certainly a lot of top end teams. And I'm really excited to see how that shakes out.
0: Yeah. And I think it's a little bit more wide open this year because the Avs were kind of like by the middle of the season for a point, they were like, Oh, maybe the flames. And then they have just kind of fizzled out. But the Avs lost kadri That's a big loss. They have some center depth issues. If New Hook doesn't step up, like their center depth is going to be an issue. So, you know, both conferences have some uh, top end talent. So I'm excited to see how that shakes out. I see we got our first super chat of the season from our pal Saul Goodman, 499. Thank you very much. He says, winter is coming. Welcome back, boys. Um, yeah, congrats to you as well. I know you had a million maker sweat on Sunday. You got... Beat by eight Dallas Cowboy D teams. If the Rams scored a touchdown instead of getting sacked, he would have won the Millie. It's coming, but that was a good run. Sorry if the, the wound is still a little salty there, but that was a fun sweat. Um yeah. So make sure, since you're tuning in, to give us a like and subscribe so you can keep up with all of our shows. DFS offers giveaways and much more. Once you subscribe hit that notification button to get alerts when our shows go live. It is super important. Like I know most of you guys in this chat, I see about 75 people in chat already do that because the more likes and views we get, the more free content we can give you. And if you're, if you want to get into the premium stuff, we have a very good NHL uh, promo code here. We have, it's a promo code PowerPlay. It will get you seven days of NHL platinum for $7. If you can't afford a dollar a day, you probably shouldn't be playing DFS in the first place. So if you got seven dollars lying around, I suggest doing it. It'll get you into the Discord. And man, that Discord has saved me so much money over the years. Um, with you know, alerts with the late, late scratches and all that stuff. Man, we we uh we lay some pipe on every slate in that Discord. So get on in there. Uh promo code PowerPlay, seven days for seven dollars. So Before we get into the games, this is a two game slate. Um, Short slate, obviously. There's lots of different ways to go about it. Now, there is, it's not super mispriced what I'm saying, where like there's one really expensive line and then you have to find cheap fillers if you're going that route. I think, you know, a lot of these lines are fairly similar. Um, There's some goalie misprices on DK specifically Igor. So on a slate like this, do you go with leverage here? Do you play the chalk? Do you eat the chalk? How are you going about it today?
1: I, I, I think one thing that's important to remember is on a short slate like this, when you're looking at maybe just two or three games, there's only going to be a a couple avenues to the top, right? Like when you have 10 games or, or 12 games, you might have five or six different top lines just have, you know, monster nights or, you know, maybe throw in a couple second lines or or a third line does incredibly well. Like there are going to be a lot of different ways to get to the top when you, unless, you know, both games end up like six, four or something like that, um, or a seven, five game uh, uh, for both tilts, there's only going to be so many, you know, high end fantasy scores. So um Obviously, ownership is is always something you have to keep in mind. But at the same time, when you're only looking at four teams, the guys the, the guys are going to get the goals or they're not. Like it, it, That's just kind of the way it is, right? Like um, Maybe you have three top lines go off tonight and there's a bunch of different ways to get there. It definitely could happen. Um, it's just not something that happens a lot. And so I would say, while we're going to use ownership, we're going to talk about our top stacks tool and our ownership, which are both included. Uh, with the premium membership, um, I would just say, you know, you said it a lot last year and sorry about my shaking camera. There's a steamroller going on uh, behind my house. So uh, sorry, nothing I can do. Can't tell the construction guys to F off. Um, so while I, you know, we always keep uh, ownership in mind, but like you said last year, when you're on a short slate like this, just play the best plays or play the plays that you want to use. If, if it's two chalky lines and so be it. Cause if those, two chalky lines are the ones that do well tonight. You're going to end up doing well if you have the right defense goalie combination. If you don't have them, you're not going to catch. That's just kind of the nature of short slate tournament play. So um, it's kind of a cop out to say, just play the best plays, but you know, what are the best plays? We'll certainly talk about those. Uh, But one thing you want to do um, is try not to overthink it too much. Yes. Maybe you're going to throw in a third liner as a one-off. You know, if you're making a ton of lineups, maybe you're going to grab a fourth liner uh, you know, from Tampa Bay or, or, or from Vegas. You know, we'll talk about a, a fourth liner in Vegas that might have some value here tonight. But um, I, I just wouldn't try to galaxy brain it too hard uh, on a short slate like this. People are going to score or, or they're not. There's only so many teams and so many fantasy points to go around. So that's just kind of my approach is if I can find a lineup that I like um, that uh, projects reasonably reasonably well using either our lineup builder or fantasy cruncher, Uh, I'm probably just going to go with it and just not be super concerned with ownership when there's only four teams playing.
0: Yeah, that's the big thing. Like, it's not like there's, like, just one stud on the slate where it's like, you know, Alex Ovechkin on a two-game slate is going to get 70% ownership. That's when it kind of, like, maybe we can fade him. But, like, just play your guys. There's always ways to differentiate your lineup. So do it that way. Before we get into the game, as I mentioned on the top, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Not available in my state, but if it is available in your state, you definitely need to check it out. It's a prop-based contest. No sharks. Fish are friends, not food. Uh, optimizers are mass entries. You know, you can put five players into the lineup, get up to 10X your entry fees. Uh, you can use you know, multiple sports across that. You don't have to just do one sport. And then you can click the link in the description of the show below to get one free month of Stochastic Plus Platinum up to a hundred dollar deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit using prize picks and i i wish i wish we had it because there are a couple that i like tonight um jacob truba's line on there is two shots on goal i like the over there uh jonathan marshall two and a half shots i also like the over there uh i do like betting shot props i wish i could do it on prize picks but uh for whatever reason everything's legal in new jersey except for prize picks so If you are doing that, you know, you can parlay these things. Um, For me, I'm going to go into the sports books and do shot props, but prize picks is where I am going. Or where you're going, not I'm going. So let's get into the first game of the night. We have the Tampa Bay Lightning with a 2.8 total. Going into Madison Square Garden to face the Rangers, they have a 2.9 total. Um, You know, since it is the first game of the season – let us discuss um, you know, some of the changes. The Rangers, they lost in the offseason. They lost Andrew Kopp, Ryan Strom, Tyler Mott, and they brought in Vitaly Kratsov back from Russia. They signed Vinny Trocek, and they signed Jimmy Vc to a PTO. Um, you know, they're going to give Kratsov a chance in the top six, uh, which is nice playing with Panarin and Trocheck. I was – Pretty critical of Ryan Strom last year, but he did have very good numbers on the power play with them. I am a bit concerned of losing him on the power play. I know Trocek can fill his spot good, but y- you wonder if that messes with the chemistry on the power play a lot, uh, a little bit, which is important because the Rangers had a very, very good power play last year. They're kind of weak at five on five, so hopefully the power play continuity uh, is still there. On the Lightning side, they traded Ryan McDonough in the offseason for Felipe Myers, who's on the roster tonight. They also added uh, Vladislav Nemestikov and Hayden Fleury, who's also in the lineup. Then they signed like half the roster to massive contract extensions. I don't think that's going to be DFS relevant this year, but coming up in the next few years, some of those contracts could age poorly. Um, So going into this game, if you look at the top stacks tool, Lightning, top leverage, Which means a couple things: Uh, expecting heavy ownership on Igor Shosturkin, who's mispriced on DraftKings sixty nine hundred. Also, Tampa Bay, possibly the lowest owned line of the night. So, what are you doing with this game?
1: Yeah, um, I just want to start with the goalies real quick. Like this camera shaking is driving me nuts. Just looking at it, I can't imagine watching it on the show. Sorry, like I, (laughs) there's nothing I can do about that construction crew. The first thing to mention is, I think, is the goaltending matchup, right? Um, You have Igor Shosturkin going up against Andre Vasilevsky. I think there are a lot of arguments that they're the top two goalies in the world right now. Um, If you look at the last few years, uh, between Igor and Vasilevsky, they're first and sixth in high danger save percentage at five on five, uh, second and fifth in goals saved above expected, according to Evolving Hockey, uh, second and fourth in wins above replacement. Uh, again, uh, over at Evolving Hockey, which is con- an advanced stats website that we use sometimes. So,
0: with Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky
1: just about anywhere.
0: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: I mean, maybe you can argue a, a, a Ilya Sorokin or a UC Saros or, or something like that might be able to sneak in. But these are certainly two of the top four goalies in the league. Um, and whenever, you, whenever you're going up against a goaltender like this, if you play DFS for a full season, it's just going to happen one night where... A team looks great and they just get absolutely stonewalled by a goalie um, as good as this. And it's going to happen a lot um, if these guys play up to their talent this season. I mean, Shusterkin was just he turned in one of the best goaltending seasons we've ever seen last year. Um, if he does that again, like he's you know a hard trophy contender again like he was last year. So I think we have to start with the goaltending. And you mentioned the mispricing off the top over on DraftKings, uh, Igor Shusterkin uh is i'll just quickly bring it up right there uh igor shesterkin over on new york 6900 right here um he's the cheapest goalie on the slate provided we don't get some funky business with a like a third stringer uh coming or or something like that so um i I think you're going to see a lot of ownership on igor but when i was looking at our ownership projections they weren't as high as I expected. Like, I thought we might see something bordering 50%. But, uh, you know, on DraftKings, you know, probably around 33 35%. Maybe that comes up a little bit um, at, you know, start of the season. Maybe you have some more casual players that are just going to go with the cheap goalie. Um, but he's certainly going to be probably the highest on goalie uh, on DraftKings. Here's kind of the problem with... Uh, taking a goalie like Shusterkin against the Tampa Bay Lightning is uh, Tampa Bay doesn't shoot a lot, right? Um, They were middle of the league in shots per minute last year. Uh, But I think they were seventh in goals scored. Like this is a team that has the players to look for a lot of quality shots rather than, you know, ripping from the blue line or or winging it from the boards and, and hoping for a rebound or something like that. So, you know, we can argue about how good the Rangers' defense might actually be, um, but I'm not sure this is one of those games where you see Tampa Bay pile up 41 shots or something like that regardless. Um, so that's kind of the, the push and pull of Shesterkin here is, yes, absolutely, he can go and shut out anybody in the league on any given night. I think he can say that about most any goalie in the NHL, but um, I, I think he's the best goalie in the league, and, and a lot of good teams are going to have a lot of bad nights against him. Uh, but on the flip side, you know, if if the Tampa gets, to, you know, two goals, three goals on 25 shots or 26 shots or something like that, um, I think, you know, he's not going to be very worth it in tournaments, especially when we look at the goalies in the late slate and potential shot volumes there. So, you know, it, again... I, it's one of those situations. I wouldn't worry about ownership. If if you have a lineup where you like the savings you get at a goalie with with uh, I would just go in that direction. Um, certainly on FanDuel, it's a much more open open question where um, he is uh, expensive over on FanDuel. So um, you know you certainly aren't forced to play in there. Especially like I said, where Tampa is a team that focuses more on shot quality than shot quantity. Um, so I you know obviously Shosturkin. Uh, very much in play as is Vasilevsky, um, but I'm not sure you see a ton of shots on goal uh, in this game. In fact, if you look at our goalie at our goalie stats, and I'll bring it uh, up here real quick. Uh, oh, I'll bring it up here real quick. Uh, we have Logan Thompson and Jonathan Quick both projected uh, for the most saves. Uh, basically, we have them projected for the most shot volume. Right, so um, you can go with either goalie here. Goalies, you know. Y- Anything can happen on, uh, on a single night, but I wouldn't expect a ton of volume here. You're basically looking for one goal or zero goals, and that could be tough where there's a lot of firepower on both sides. Getting to the forwards, <laughs> Tampa's loaded up their top line. Um, they've lined up Steven Stamkos, brain point, Nikita Kucherov. Now, obviously, those are their top three players, especially with Andre Palat having moved on uh, to New Jersey. Um, He was a pretty good winger, a good power play guy for them at times, Um, but he's gone. Anthony Sorelli is hurt. He's not starting the year. Um, So that's basically, you know, two thirds of a second line that's missing for Tampa. So they're just loading up the top line, hoping they can outscore. Um, You know, I certainly don't have a problem with that. And it's very important noting how much better Braden point has been, you know, production wise, uh, with Nikita Kutrov, because Kutrov has had long stretches of injury over the last few years, right? Um, you know, uh, 4.2 goals per 60 minutes at five on five when Point and Kutrov are on the ice together. Uh, when Point's on the ice without him, that drops all the way down to three. Now, three is still pretty good, uh, but 4.2 is you're getting into that elite top line territory. And I think that's. That makes a big difference here tonight. And, you know, I know we didn't, we talked about not worrying about ownership that much. Uh, But the top line, at least by our top stacks tool for Tampa Bay, is going to be a lot lower owned, uh, particularly on DraftKings because of the price, right? Uh, No other line is above 17K. They're above 20K between points, Stamkos and Kutrov. And of course, if you add uh, Victor Hedman into the mix, you're only getting uh, way more expensive. So, I think there is there's always a case for playing that Tampa top line when the three of them are skating together. Um, I I wrote up Kucherov for that reason uh, in my power plays article up at stochastic.com. You can go check it out uh, under the NHL section. Here's my one slight issue is they're probably going to go into that Rangers top line tonight. Um, top line of Mika Zibanejad, Chris Kreider uh, and Capo Kako. Now <laughs> I'm sitting here with a Rangers fan, so maybe he can illuminate a, a little bit more. But it seems like Kako has developed much quicker defensively than he has offensively so far in the NHL. I want to get your thoughts on him being on the top line. Like, I think it probably makes him better defensively. makes it a tougher matchup for Tampa as opposed to, you know, if they had Krafts off up there or maybe even if they moved Lafreniere uh, up on the right wing or something like that. I think it makes him better defensively, but I'm not sure how much it helps offensively. Um, what have you thought about, you know, reports in training camp? What have you, what do you think about his game towards the end of the last season? Do you think he helps that line offensively at all?
0: Yeah, so I guess that's why they were trying Sammy Blay or Barclay Goodrow up on that top line because they want a defensively sound right winger. Now, I'm surprised they broke up the kids line because that. That line was dynamic in the playoffs, uh, but Capo has come into his own, especially on the defensive side. He's been defensively responsible, which is not something you can say for a lot of young, good forwards. So, And they also don't want to send out Panarin against top comp. So yeah, I think Kako definitely helps them defensively. Offensively, it's kind of interesting because if he starts shooting the puck more, I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities to score. Just a matter of, if he has the confidence to do that. So I, I do really like this Rangers iteration of the top line. And we talked about last year, how we thought, you know, Frank Vitrano being there was going to be awful. And then they just steamrolled everybody. So like on the offensive side, if Kako can kind of replicate what Vitrano does by shooting the puck, I think they can be a fairly decent line of both ends of the ice. Now tonight, that's kind of a tough matchup. Like you said, you know, going into that Tampa top line is not something you really want to do, but that does free up Trocek, Panarin, Kratsov to go up against the middle six of Tampa that just is not the same as they were during their their Stanley Cup runs.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, Especially the Tampa Tampa third line, we'll talk about that in a second. Certainly not uh, the line that has been recently... It, here's the thing with the Rangers top line. We'll talk about them and, and stacking them now. I mean, we may as well. It looks like they're going to carry a fair bit of ownership. Uh, we have them, you know, over slightly over 35% uh on DraftKings over on FanDuel, um, not as high, but still, you know, around 23, 25%. Um the thing with that Rangers top line is they're not great at five on five, not scoring wise, right? Um, goals per 60 minutes in their last 1,800 minutes together. Again, like I just mentioned with point, three three goals per 60 minutes is good, but it's not great. Like, I was looking at the Toronto top line over the last few years. They're at 4.1. Zuccarello and Kaprazov over in Minnesota, they're at 3.7 goals per 60 minutes. The old Boston full top line, over four goals per 60 minutes. So, like, the elite of the elite are generally three and a half, sometimes above four goals. Three goals per 60 minutes isn't great, which is why I'm wondering – you know, can Kako help them offensively? Um, certainly if he helps them defensively, it'll it'll help balance out the fact that they're not scoring a ton and that helps the team. <laughs> that doesn't help us for DFS, right? Like we don't want that line uh, just clamping things down <laughs> defensively and only scoring a goal every couple of games or something like that. So um, the point that I brought up in my power plays article and that you mentioned at the top of the show uh, is missing Ryan Strom on that top power play, right? Um, they did score less without him on that top power play unit over the last few years, but it's not a big sample. Like, I think it was like 65 minutes or something like that. Like 65 minutes, it, it, it's not a lot when you're talking about uh, a, a a line that plays together. That's, you know, maybe 25 games worth uh, of power play time. It's not a lot to hang your hat over. In fact, the expected goals were higher without Strom. So I'm wondering you know, can Vincent Trocek kind of replacing Strom on that top power play unit and on that second line uh, kind of help out? So let's talk about that Rangers second line uh, real quick. Um, it looks like they're going to carry a fair bit of ownership uh, here tonight. Um, both Rangers top two lines are amongst uh, the worst leverage lines that we have uh, over on DraftKings. But again, it's the matchup that I think that matters. And the matchup that they're going to be going into is that second line uh, for Tampa Bay, uh, Nick Paul, Alex Kalorn, Brandon Hagel. Now, Kalorn might be falling off a little bit. I think he's 33 years old. It's funny to say that about a guy that's 33, like I'm 36, and I'm like, ah, oh, that guy's toast, man. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, uh, I guess that's just the way sports go. But, you know, maybe Kalorn's falling off a little bit, but Hagel and Paul uh, certainly played pretty well together. Uh, in a limited sample last year um, because both were uh, acquisitions during the season by Tampa Bay, right? Like these guys were expected to kind of be that next third line um, that they had a few years ago uh, with Gordon Coleman and and Goodrow. So um, they did generate three, three and a half expected goals per 60 minutes against 2.4 against. That's a very strong expected goal share, even in a small sample, Um, you know, Panarin and Strom typically didn't have very strong expected goals numbers. I think Vincent Trocek's, uh will help in that regard. Um, much better defensive, well, not much better, but he's a better defensive player, I think, than Strom. Um, I think he's a bit of a better, sh- like, at least he's a better volume shooter, I think, than Strom is as well. So I think that'll help out a bit. But it's, you know, you mentioned Vitaly Krafsov, uh starting on that second line. You know, Panarin's not great defensively himself. Um we craftsoff is a question mark. He spent two and a half years uh playing in the KHL, right? Um, this is his first NHL action, I think since 2019, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So um still young, still looks like to be kind of a dual threat, you know, playmaker goal scorer, but it doesn't strike me like that might be a great defensive line. And that's where I wonder if that Tampa second line, you know, doesn't they're coming in, you know, reasonably owned about five, six percent. I wonder if if that small sample from last year carries over to this year and that Tampa second line carries the play a little bit. Do you have any thoughts? Because you and I were talking about Kravtsov and Panarin, and there was that video of Panarin doing a lot of extra work with Kravtsov. I think he realizes, as well as the rest of the team, that they need their right wingers to work out. They need Kako to be a top six winger. They need Kravtsov to be a top six winger. It's kind of a weakness for them, and I think they're going to do everything they can Uh, to help saw succeed. But, you know, what's that line actually going to look like when they play? Do you have any thoughts on that?
0: I think they're going to be a liability defensively. Uh, On Panarin's best day, he's an average defender at best. He uh, kind of floats through the neutral zone, to be nice. So, like, I don't know. I think when you're attacking the Rangers, you're going to want to go at their middle six lines. Uh, You don't want to go into that top line even if, you know, their numbers aren't great, you know, the second and third line defensive numbers are going to be worse. Like that kid's line was really, really good in the playoffs. Removing Kako and putting Barclay Goodrow there is just going to hurt them on both ends of the ice. So from a Rangers standpoint, you know, attacking the Rangers, you're going to attack that middle six. Um, You know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when the Rangers are on the road, how coaches attack them because most coaches, you know, not the brightest bulbs, but hopefully, you know, they'll realize that, you know, put out your top comp against Panarin or you know Hedel And you'll probably score some more goals. So yeah, uh I think, you know, playing Hegel tonight, playing Colton. Um, okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
0: huh? Oh.
1: ChumbaCasino.com. Jumba. No purchases, by law, 80 plus, conditions apply. See website for details.
0: So, you've got an idea for a business. The store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all in one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash profits 23. Not cold. Nick Paul is interesting because they're, they're coming in super low owned and they don't have, you know, power play correlation. But there's that unknown of going into the Rangers. Yeah, and Igor's in net. But, like, if you get a 5% Brandon Hagel goal as, like, a one-off, even if you have Shisterkin in the lineup, yeah, then you're ahead of a lot of the field there. You have a Paul Hagel, two man, and they, you know, they get some action on the net. Even, like, you just need Hagel to hit the score sheet once or get some kind of bonus, and I think you're doing fine. So I think that... If you want to play Tampa one, I think that is perfectly fine. It's expensive and you'll probably be on a unique path, but also playing the that second line, going into an unknown second line of the Rangers is, is a nice way to get a little bit different tonight.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I would say the only thing that worries me about Tampa is how they're going to allocate the minutes because I think pretty safe to say the top line is probably going to play 20 minutes or thereabouts, right? Now, last year, the third line with Perry and Belmar and Maroon in them, fluctuated, but they played 12, 13 minutes a night. Like that's more than, you know, a lot of fourth lines play. So, you know, now you're down to 27, 26, 27 minutes of ice time left. That's not a lot of ice time to split between your, your second and third lines. Right. So um, the only thing that I'm really worried about is that you see pretty spread out ice time between the second, third, and maybe even the fourth line from Tampa Bay with the top line getting a lot of usage. Um, But again, like we said earlier at the top of the show, uh, there's only four teams to pick from here. So um, there's not going to be great ice time on all the players. Let's talk about that third line real quick. You brought up Barclay Goodrow. He's typically been a good middle six player for his career. He had a real bad year last year. Um, The production was fine, but his defensive play certainly wasn't. Uh, The kid line, you know, Hito Lafreniere did uh, play with them a reasonable amount um, you know over a hundred minutes you're like maybe you're looking at about seven or eight full games worth um, and their expected goals numbers really really suffered with with Goodrow there now it's a new season Heedle I think was one of the breakout stars uh, of the playoffs last year along with Bowen and Byram um, so maybe they do a lot better I I think that's kind of a good matchup going to that third line from from Tampa Bay like Cole Kepke. You know, Tampa keeps finding these 25-year-old 20 guys that that make the roster every year. Um, but Vladislav Domestikov, he's getting older, um, certainly not very good defensively. Ross Colton, I think, is a good offensive player, but I think the defense is very much in question. Um, what do you think of that kid line going in uh going in with Goodrow? Like, do you see a better season from him? Um, do you think they might be worth rostering here tonight?
0: I was hoping Kapokako would be there with them, and I would have played them tonight for sure. Now on DraftKings, Alexis Lafreniere is twenty eight hundred coming in at five percent. Him and Heedle sixty nine hundred for the two men on DraftKings around five percent. I think you know if you want some exposure to this game, if you're if you're looking to power play stack a, t- a later game, I think that's a decent two man. You know, Lafreniere looked like he he took some steps forward in the playoffs as well. Be interesting to see if that you know confidence. Carries over. Now they are going to have to, you know, carry Barclay Goodrow's slow big ass across the ice all the time. But like, I think Lafreniere, as we saw, he is a very good finisher. I think, you know, Barclay Goodrow may hurt them a little bit. But like, you saw in the playoffs that like Capo Kako didn't really contribute much offensively. He just kind of stabilized them defensively. If, if Goodrow can stay defensively responsible, I think that third line can have some success. Now when they get fully healthy and they start moving pieces around, I'm kind of hope I was kind of wishing with this line at the Jimmy VC would be on that third line. He can at least skate a little bit. <laughs> so I don't know. I, I like them tonight. I just you know not a huge fan of Barclay Goodrow.
1: Yeah, I'm not either. That was a just a weird contract that they gave to him. Was it like seven years, 3.8 million a season or something like that? Like
0: no, it was worse than that. It was like six by six was it?
1: Oh, well, whatever it was, um, it's it's starting to look a little bit rough. Uh, but yeah, I, I I think, you know, we both kind of like top lines here tonight, but I agree. I, I think it's Tampa two and maybe Rangers three that if we're looking in the depth, the depth lines, those are probably the lines that we're looking at, um, for defensemen. I mean, the top five defensemen on the whole slate on DraftKings by our projections, at least are only separated by about a point and a half. Um, that's one shot. It's really not a lot, uh, when we're looking at our deep projections. So it's kind of where you want to go, uh, with your ownership. I mean, the problem with, a uh, you know, some of the defensemen in this game, like, I'll, I'll, well, not some of the defensemen, I'll just use, say it's Adam Fox problem with Adam Fox is his peripherals aren't great. Right. So on FanDuel, I think, you know, perfectly fine, acceptable to use, um, Especially where it's something I mentioned in, in, the, in the Power Place article that's up at, at stochastic.com. Um, Tampa Bay lost three regular penalty killers uh, from last season. Um, Anthony Sorelli, obviously, he's still injured. Uh, they traded Ryan McDonough and Andre Palat went and signed in New Jersey. Um, those are, you know, three out of their nine regular penalty killers. They're going to have to fill those spots. You know, maybe take some time. Uh, for them to kind of get acclimated to each other, so I, like I'm not a big fan of the Fox one-off, um, but to the the other point, Jacob Truba looks to be carrying more ownership than him. Um, I found that kind of curious. I do like Fox better just outright, though. You know, Truba certainly showed his peripheral prowess. Let's say last season, he's a guy that can put up the double bonus uh, over on DraftKings in the Power Plays article. The guy I brought up is Eric Chernak. Um, you know, Zach Bogosian is on the injured reserve. Uh, Ian Cole got suspended for until some investigation is cleared. Um, so they're essentially dressing two guys that aren't expected to be their third pair, which may, lends me to think that that top four is going to play more minutes than they typically would. So I like Eric Chernak on the blue line uh, over on DK uh, here tonight. I think Truba's certainly fine uh on both sites uh even though he is uh carrying a fair bit of ownership. Um I think that's kind of about It is like there aren't a lot of the, like the medium guys uh that I like in this game like uh I think you know there's just not a lot of medium guys at least over on DraftKings, right? You're either paying 5400 and above for Truba or it's 3400 below uh for Sergachev, So uh, certainly, uh, don't mind um, don't mind Chernak here tonight. Uh, don't mind the Fox one off if that Ranger power play can kind of get rolling. Uh, there's nobody that's really sticking out to me price wise uh, over on uh, Fanduel. I don't know if you have any thoughts about Fanduel uh, here today. Um, you know the expensive guys are expensive. Sergeyev is going to carry some ownership. I think Keandre Miller is a little bit overpriced on Fanduel um but other than that like there's just isn't a lot for defensemen from this game that i really like anything you like
0: yeah i mean tampa plays their top four defensemen more anyway and now you got two guys on the third pair that has never played with them so like they'll probably play t- 12 13 minutes the the top four guys will play in the 20s on the Rangers side i will say on DraftKings, kings Miller does interest me if you want to pay down for a rangers defenseman just because he came into his own defensively last season, but he hasn't really shown his offensibility yet, which he has. And maybe he catches lightning in the bottle early this season and starts going crazy offensively. Uh, he does have to be the responsible one because Trubo's is awful defensively. So maybe he stays at home a little bit, but I don't mind Keandre Miller as a one-off. I think i From a one off perspective on the Rangers, just like you take ownership out of the question, I think I would prefer Jacob Truba over Adam Fox as a one off just because you know the peripherals will be there. And if Fox has a good game, it means the Rangers had a good game on the power play. So if I'm going to play Fox, I want some of the power player, uh, the other power play guys with them.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And I see our chat uh, mentioning Cal Foot. Um, Expected to play on the top pair with Victor Hedman. Like, I don't have a problem playing him. Uh, Looks like he's probably not going to carry a lot of ownership here tonight. I would just keep in mind that just because you're playing with Victor Hedman doesn't mean you're going to play a lot of minutes. Um, I point to Jan Ruda, who played, uh, I think, three seasons besides Victor Hedman, or at least two. Um, He's in Pittsburgh now. But if you look at his ice time per game the last three seasons, 16-20 per game, 16 per game, 15-and-a-half per game. Um, you know, it's Mikhail Sergeyev that's going to play 21, 22 minutes. Eric Chernak's probably going to play about 21 minutes, maybe because of those injuries and suspensions and trades and all that, maybe foot, see some more ice time earlier in the season. Um, but I think, you know, peripheral, the peripheral God himself, Hayden Fleury, uh, might be a guy that I like for super cheap, uh, here as well. I don't have a whole lot else to say on this game. You got anything else?
0: No, we'll get to you know a little bit more goalie talk at the end, but um, let's talk about Bet MGM for a second. If you bet ten dollars tonight, win two hundred if any team scores a goal tonight. It's basically just free money from a sportsbook. Um, it has to be first-time Bet MGM users. It can't be with a live bet. It has to be money line. So you do that. Seriously, if you don't have a BetMGM account, you should sign up for that. I already have one, but you know who doesn't? My wife, and we're going to sign her up tonight and get 200 Uh, Watch, watch all these games go to a shootout. Um, but, yeah, BetMGM, definitely check that out. Uh, it will probably be under the Sportsbook um, promo tab on Stochastic.com, so check that out. And if you're going to do that, you might want to check out Odd Shopper to do that. Make your best bets in 30 seconds or less with Odd Shopper. With hundreds of bets featured daily, Odd Shopper gives you the edge you need uh, betting player props and games lines across all sports. With expected win percentage and ROIs included, Odd Shopper features multiple projection methods, which will help you make the best bets available on the market. Odd Shopper also features a parlay builder, with optimized parlays and an arbitrage tool that identifies risk-free, guaranteed profit bets that you can make across sportsbooks. What are you waiting for? Click the link in the video description below to sign up for free with Odd Shopper and start making smarter bets now. And I will say, being the host, this is the second time I've ever hosted, I hosted a uh, MMA Live Before Lock a few months ago. Cliffy makes the ad reads look easy. It is not <laughs> very easy to read these ad these ad reads. Uh, Cliffy Professional, Josh Learning. Let's get to the second game of the night. We have the Vegas Golden Knights with 3.0 total heading into Los Angeles to face our Kings. The Kings have a 3.2 expected total. Now, the Kings didn't really lose anybody in the offseason. They added Kevin Fiala, and now they get Drew Doughty back healthy. They have Quinn and Byfield and Gabe Velarde and... um, What's-his-face? Arthur of a year older. This seems like a deep team, so we're all excited about them. We made like 4,000 bets on them in, in the preseason. On the Vegas side, they lost Max Pacioretty. They traded him. They had to get rid of some sour cap. He ended up getting hurt anyway. They uh, lost Evgeny Dadenoff to free agency, I believe, and then they added Phil the Thrill, Uncle Hot Dog Phil Kessel. So that is um, – they're actually – not as bad as a team as I thought they were going to be, you know, they do have some weakness on the left side, which we'll get to, but you know, Vegas is running out. Riley Smith, Jack Eichel, Phil Kessel as a top line, which could be fun offensively. It also could be an adventure defensively. Um, on the King side, Fiala is going to move right to that top line with Kopitar and Kempe. I'm excited for that, which leaves the, uh, the best second line in the NHL, Trevor Moore, Phil Deneau, Victor Arvidsson uh, together. Arvidsson getting power play one time tonight, which is nice. And that third line, it could be a spicy meatball going forward. Uh, Alex Iafal, Quentin Byfield, Gabe Villardi. I wish Arthur Kaliav got some top six minutes, but this team is just yoked from top to bottom. Uh, from a DFS perspective tonight, I'm actually hoping that it is quick he's more expensive and i think people are expecting cal peterson because cal peterson's kind of a dfs darling and everyone just hates quick so i'm if i'm building you know king's lineups and i'm putting in a king's goalie i'm building with quick just because he's more expensive and i can always swap down to cal peterson on the Vegas side it's probably going to be uh logan thompson who is not a household name by any stretch of the imagination but he is a good goalie so I really like this game. I have big hopes for the Kings this season. What are your takes?
1: Yeah, I mean, like we did with the Rangers uh, Bolts, let's start with the goalies um, because it is pretty, pretty important. Um, a trend that the Los Angeles Kings started last year was just not naming their starter until warmups hit, which can be pretty brutal uh, for the nights that the backup does go or something like that. They are expecting Jonathan Quick here tonight, though, because he wasn't taking—he didn't take part in the optional morning skate uh, this morning. Usually, that indicates that he's starting. Um, but like you said, just put in the most expensive goalie, and then you can drop down.
0: He's also old, so he might just be getting some R and R. You know? <laughs>
1: yeah, he's—I think he's a year older than me. I, if he feels like I do, I certainly understand.
0: Yeah. I yeah, we're the same age. I could barely walk to the chair. I feel like King of the series. Yeah.
1: So, um, he, Quick actually didn't have a bad season last year. I think if you looked at a lot of numbers, it was about league average, uh, which is kind of the best you can ask for. Um, and if you look at, uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, with the goalie stats, I'll bring that up here uh, real quick. We have Jonathan Quick. Uh, for the second most saves and the th- second fewest goals against. So um, at least by our numbers, we're expecting a good game out of Jonathan Quick here tonight. Uh, but at, like I also mentioned, Logan Thompson uh, looks like he probably will get uh, the highest shot volume. And I bring up the shot volume because it's something that's very important um, for uh, the Los Angeles Kings. Is last Last year, they were 25th in five on five scoring and 28th in power play scoring, but they were fifth overall in shots per 60 minutes. They, they were kind of like the opposite of what we said earlier with Tampa Bay. They take a lot of shots, but they don't score a ton. And I think that's where Kevin Fiala's really should help. Um, He's the game breaker. They don't have the offensive game breaker. They don't have. Um, If you look at his goals impact over the last few years, it's right in line with guys like Sebastian Aho and Carolina and JT Miller uh, over in Vancouver. So he has elite shot impacts from the wing, and I think he's going to make that top line a lot more dangerous than they were last year. Like, I know Adrian Kempe, I think he scored 35 goals, but it was a rotating cast of characters on the top line. Like, I remember Dustin Brown retired, and he was even getting uh, some top line minutes last year. So yes. I think Fiala gives them a much-needed uh, dimension on that top line that they did not have. Um, but uh, one thing I want to note here is that Fiala's not that great defensively. Um, it's just that he is a wizard in the offensive zone. And Kempy's not very good defensively either. Um, I think for that reason, you might see that top line go out against the second line uh, from Vegas here tonight. And that second line, boy howdy, are they probably not going to be very good. Um, I was looking at the numbers for uh, the Vegas second line. It has Chandler Stevenson and Max Pacioretty on it. I was looking at their numbers over the last few years, or Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone, sorry. Looking at the numbers over the last few years without Max Pacioretty, and man, they are bad. Two point two expected goals four per sixty, two and a half expected goals against. It's two point nine and two point three when he was there, and if you know that includes uh, last season when Mark Stone was kind of playing injured at times. But even if you look at twenty nineteen through twenty twenty one. It's the same thing. Um, Stevenson and Stone just haven't had good expected goals or goals numbers uh, when Max Pacioretty hasn't been there. And I'm telling you, Brett Howden is not the solution.
0: Rangers make, legend, Brett yeah, Howden.
1: Missing Max Pacioretty on that line. I think that, you know, Mark Stone coming back from a serious back injury, um, I think that line could struggle defensively. And I think that's why I kind of do like that Los Angeles top line here tonight. I really like – both the Los Angeles, both the Los Angeles top lines. And in fact, I wrote up the Los Angeles second line in the power Place article. The problem with that Los Angeles second line is there's the finishing was an issue, right? I think Victor Arvidsson shot under 9%. Uh, Trevor Moore, who uh, shot a lot last year. Is a tenth percentile finisher in the league. Like he was like three hundred and fifty eighth out of three hundred and ninety qualified guys over the last seat or that over his last five seasons. Like it hasn't been great. So they generate a ton of shots, um, but not a ton of goals. So I kind of like that line, the Los Angeles second line over on DraftKings better, and they're going to go into that Vegas top line that you mentioned that I think could also struggle defensively, like Jack Eichel.
0: That's going yeah. to be an adventure with <laughs> Phil Kessel. <on> <laughs> uh,
1: you know, if Jack Eichel's back to his usual self from a few years ago, uh, a wizard offensively, great, great. You know, one of the best uh, offensive players in the league, but defensively, certainly not. And then Phil Kessel has never been a good defensive player, and he's certainly not at his age now. You know, Riley Smith, I think think is still a pretty good two way player, but he can't make up the difference for that whole line. So. I think the mat, both the top-line matchups really favor Los Angeles here. Now, they are carrying a lot of ownership. Um, but again, I think it's just a really good matchup for them. It's just, you know, how does that top-line mesh with Kevin Fiala? You know, do they, you know, maybe need 10 games to get used to each other, get some chemistry or whatever? But I think those both those top Los Angeles lines are very much in play here for me. Um, on the Vegas side, what I like best is their third line. I think their third line has a chance of being really, really good. Uh, I wrote up William Carlson in the power play article. I think he gets he's kind of a he gets a misnomered a little bit because he had that forty three goal season like four years ago or whatever. But he's a better playmaker than he is a goal scorer at this point. But he can still score twenty goals. Uh, Michael Amadio on the other wing. On one wing, I think is an underrated uh, talent in the NHL. Decent playmaker, good uh, impacts offensively, and, of course, Jonathan Marcheseau with them. And Marcheseau and Carlson typically been uh, pretty good together. Last year, uh, three and a half expected goals for per 60 minutes, scoring 3.4 goals per 60 minutes. Um, I I do like uh, that Vegas uh, third line here tonight. Um on the, on the Vegas side more than I'd like either of their top two lines. Uh, on the blue line, you know, Drew Doughty looks like he, was, he could be the highest owned defenseman uh, over on DraftKings. I think it's he just has a very reasonable price at 5K. Um, but at the same time, he's still, you know, even though he's much more expensive on FanDuel, I think he's still perfectly fine over on FanDuel. He still grades out as one of the better expensive defense options. Uh, for Los Angeles here tonight, running the top power play unit. Uh, Shot a lot more last year as the whole team did. So um, certainly a a double bonus threat over on DraftKings. So I do like uh, Drew Doughty. Um, But, you know, Sean Dursey is the guy that I'm kind of looking at from Los Angeles here. Um, I think he might end up second, maybe third in ice time uh, for the Kings here. Um, and if you look at um, at the ownership that we have here, uh, you see Sean Dersey only at 13% over on FanDuel, only at 12% uh, over on DraftKings. Very, very reasonable uh, ownership here tonight. Uh, so I do like Dersey if you don't want to pay all the way up for Doughty. What should be a much chalkier Drew Doughty and he's probably going to get some second power play minutes as well. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on uh, los angeles here tonight but i imagine you're like in the second line uh, much like i am
0: yeah um one of the big things about both these teams last year they had awful penalty kills so i'm looking to get in as much power play um skaters as possible which is why like i love jersey but it's going to be tough to get away from jew dowdy if i'm doing anything with the kings because he's only eight hundred dollars more it's that power play one time shea theodore 4,800 power play one. Yeah. So, like, from a five-on-five perspective, the Kopitar line might have a better matchup offensively, but, like, the Deno line was just steamrolling everybody last year. Anyway, Victor Arvidsson on the top power play. So, like, I think you're fine with either of those lines. You want a power play stack also yeah. groovy. Um, I do agree with you on the Vegas side. That Vegas third line going into a young uh byfield Velarde, even with follow there, I think you know that favors Carlson So, See, yeah, I'm definitely in on that. They're low well owned. They're not priced like third line skaters, so I think that's going to an, another reason why you know the the ownership is down. But I, I do I think that is my favorite spot, Carlson Uh I'll I'll save Eichel Uncle Hot Dog for a better matchup.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think it's, it's, it's just a great matchup for that Vegas top line. And I do want to mention, I, I I said there might be a fourth liner. I think there's a couple playable fourth liners in this game. I, I know Arthur Kaliev uh, is stuck on the fourth line. Um, he's he's too expensive on Fanduel. I think he's 5K. I think he just passed him there. But I think he's perfectly acceptable um, over on DraftKings at 3,100. I actually watched one Kings preseason game and, like, he looks like he's going to—he's turning the corner to turn into a star. Like you mentioned, him getting into the top six—it wouldn't surprise me if, you know, uh, December rolls around and the second line is Arvidsson, um, Arvidson and Dano and Kaliev. It wouldn't surprise me uh, one little bit. So he's getting second power play time. Uh, the, that fourth line actually wasn't that bad last year for the Kings, so don't mind uh, Kaliev and of course Nicholas Roy, fourth line for Vegas probably going to be getting some top power play time. Um, That's about it uh, from this game. Is there any defenseman that kind of stuck out to you? One guy I want to mention is Alec Martinez over on DraftKings, uh, 3,700. He was uh, injured a bit last year. He's typically a monster shot blocker. Um, I was going through... Uh, some of his game over the last two seasons, he's managed a shot block bonus on DraftKings in just under 50% of his games. It's like 47% of his games. Like, this guy blocks shots. Um, You know, if Los Angeles generates as much as we think uh, they could here tonight, he's definitely in line for the shot block bonus. Um, not too bad for 3,700. Then you'd hope he can donk an assist or something like that and really smash. Any defenseman sticking out to you?
0: Yeah, I mean, the power play guy is Theodore, Dowdy. But then after that, I think Petro Andro is completely fine because – you know, Vegas isn't one of those teams that just pushes out their top unit for two minutes. Petro Andro will see power play time as well. Alec Martinez is a nice one-off under 4K on DraftKings. He will be in the running for a block bonus and a broken bone. Um, on the Kings side, you know, Jersey. you talked about. Matt Roy I think is also fine. But, yeah, I, I'm, you know, prioritizing the power play guys.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I don't have anything else to cover for the slate. Do you got anything else?
0: Not really. I mean, I just want to reiterate that you know there is a hundred and thirty-five of you here. Hit the like button, subscribe. It helps us so much. We love giving you free content. We love giving you these free shows. Um, so the more you watch, the more you like, the more you subscribe, the better it is for all of us. Um, you know, the show is sponsored by Prize Picks. We don't really have a show coming up after us today. You know, we're the last show of the day. NBA starting up next week. Um, that's when shows are really going to start. Going into overdrive so I, I guess uh, we can. Uh, I'll ask you for your hat trick pick um, I'm gonna ask you for yours first because I have no idea who mine's gonna be <laughs>
1: okay uh, It's a guy that we just talked about uh, the line that I like a lot from Vegas. I'm going with Jonathan Marchessault as my hat trick pick here tonight I um, it's really, I like, I'm, I'm starting to talk myself into, into really playing Vegas 3. I think I'm going one lineup tonight. I'm really starting to talk myself into going to Vegas 3. Jonathan Marsh, so my hat-trick pick. Who do you got?
0: I'm going to go really spicy to start the season because I like some spice. I'm going Alexis Lafreniere.
1: Ooh, I do like that. So we got a couple third-liners uh, that we're going to be pulling for here tonight. All right. I like it. I, my goalie's Logan Thompson. I think there's, you know, he's, he's a rookie. He's got a lot to prove. Um, but, uh, you know, Los Angeles could definitely put up 37 shots and only one goal or something something like that here tonight. So if you're not playing super cheap Igor on DK, I think Logan Thompson's my guy. What about you?
0: Yeah. I think all four goalies are viable tonight. It's not like there's one where you're like, I don't really want to play him. So it really depends on your lineup build. Um, my favorite, Honestly, are the late goalies the the uh, the early game, the goalies are better, but the shots might not be there. So I like the late goalies. So for uh, my main man, Slim Kiffy, I'm all right. I am Josh Harris. It's weird to do this ending. Uh, I usually just uh, take a breath now, but we'll be back tomorrow for the true opening night slate. I think it's six games. I appreciate all your support coming here and watching us for this two gamer. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow.
1: Good luck, everybody.
0: Okay. Guess what, Cliffy?